Who wants Daddy, who wants a pot of coffee? I just made coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now it's time for the man with the caffeine. The new tropics for the brain. It's coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Hey everybody, welcome back to Java Chat. It's Coffee with Mike hanging out here with Tom Simmons. Now, if you guys don't you guys don't know who Tom Simmons is, you're about to get an education in in mindset and and how to how to be a real overcomer because this this man's been through it and he's out there advocating and you know just getting everybody riled up in the right ways. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Really appreciate you coming and hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks for having me too, Michael. It's great to be on. Great to be on. I saw you had your 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 milk there, so we're we're good with the beverage. <laughs> yeah, we're doing yeah. good. It's all good. <laughs> hey, give, give us an idea, Tom. First off, your story is is like kind of crazy, dude. You were you were diagnosed with something pretty serious at the age of twenty, and yeah, you you were already dealing with anxiety and things of that nature before that or that that just egged it on or was that just something that came out of obviously it came out of left field what am i going to ask you uh but but how did how did how did that come about i mean what tell us a little bit more about you yeah cool okay so weirdly this is going to sound really odd to some people but the cancer part was easy um the part that was that threw me was the heart arrhythmia so a year prior to my cancer scare I um, gave myself a heart arrhythmia, which fortunately wasn't permanent and only lasted about 24 hours, but it was enough. Those 24 hours were enough to shock my system and mentally and emotionally throw me into a, a completely new abyss that I had no idea how to manage or deal with. So that was, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was an interesting place to be in, in, in those 24 hours for sure. And you, um, and you did that at the, that happened to you at the age of 20, 20. Yeah. So here's a young guy with like literally only 20 years on the planet. And all of a sudden he's being told, Hey, by the way, your heart's going nuts. Yeah. How's, how's, how's that for a, how's that for a nice little wake up call? Well, exactly. I, it was, it was really, really difficult for me to comprehend. Like it woke me up to the fact how emotionally immature I was. Cause I just didn't have the emotional intelligence to be able to, to really digest it. And that's why, that's what kind of catapulted me into the, all the emotional pain and suffering, because what was happening was up until I was 20, I was, you know, you, you think you're young, you think you're invincible and, <laughs> suddenly you're not you're not <laughs> and you get a very humbling experience you yes know, that you was a very humbling experience where it just completely shocked my the pride and you know as a young man who you know who's cook who kind of thought a lot of himself suddenly it was like wow tom you you've nearly you've nearly kind of um you're kind of playing with death there and that was really difficult really difficult for so me you to, you literally had to consider mortality at a very early age and, yes, and yeah. come to terms with the fact that we aren't invincible. Which, by the way, when you get to my age, those thoughts come back. Just so you know, I'm 48. <laughs> yeah. You have more to look forward to. But uh, 
but the idea of being of having to deal with your mortality at such an early age what does that do to your psyche i mean <laughs> well exactly uh, well i mean um to kind of put it into perspective i mean i was lying on the um hospital bed and they said to me tom we might have to put you under anesthetic and we might have to restart your heart elect- elect- oh, with the, well, I don't know what you call them, the electric pads. Yeah. And I remember, I remember lying there and uh, I was with my parents and it, the whole thing just kind of sunk in where I was like, wow, like I have, I have this, this is really bad. <laughs> this is really bad. And, and meanwhile, my heart was kind of tinkering away like ding, 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 ding. You know, it was just not a normal wow. rhythm. But anyway, in terms of, in terms of mindset, I mean, it took me, about two years for it to really because what happened was is i went through a state of denial initially where it was a case sure. of right this is sure. this has happened yeah i i went i went about trying to live my life the same way that i did before because i thought oh it's happened i'll be fine i'll just crack on and i'll just hope it won't happen again and, th- and then what happened because of that kind of naive well no ignorant thinking what that then meant was i just I guess that lifestyle just kept giving me more um, indicators of why I need to change. So basically I kept getting heart palpitations. I, I started developing digestion problems. I started developing sleep problems. I started basically developing all these issues that were a product of just fear and anxiety and stress. And over two years, it took me two years to really kind of understand like, wow, I'm going to have to literally just change my life because otherwise I'm going to be in pain and suffering. And, that took a long time. So the, the, the heart thing was like the catalyst. And then it took about two years for it to kind of go down all the way to the bottom for me to like look up at the, like as if I was at the bottom of the well or the hole, <laughs> yeah. and like look up and was yeah. like. Yeah. And then yeah. you, uh, was, and when did the cancer di- di- diagnosis come in? That was a year after the heart scare. So that was kind so of. So you were like, half, you were only halfway through the drop before another hit yeah. comes. Holy shit, exactly. dude. And how did that, and how did that, I mean, is was the point of realization at the end of two years or did that one like really bring you to the, to the light at that point? What, where was it? Well, it definitely didn't help. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, didn't I'm help. quite sure it didn't, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know here's a but slippery slope for you here. Well, here's some water. Let's make it muddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was like, exactly. It was like putting some lubricant on, mm-hmm. on a <laughs> just, stainless um, steel siding that you're trying to climb out with rubber slippers, <laughs> flip flops. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. But the great, it sounds weird me saying this, but the great thing about the cancer was it was logical. And it was like in the sense of you get diagnosed and you know your treatment process and then you, then you get cured. Well, in my fortunate case, I got lucky where I got cured and and I got removed and, and I didn't have the chemo and everything else. But, and why I say that was a great thing was because within two weeks I'd gone from a state of shock to a state of cool, it's done. I can now move forward. Whereas the, uh, heart arrhythmia because uh, it kept I kept getting palpitations like I didn't get arrhythmias but I kept mm. getting these constant reminders mm. daily reminders that my heart was kind of out of sync and that mm. pride on my naive mind where it was like oh it's it's I've had a palpitation I'm gonna have a heart attack and it was like that constant fear narrative that I was I was fearing the worst case scenario it was like and, and that rationale just intensified intensified and snowballed and snowballed where every time I had a, a different kind of heart palpitation, I, I would just freak out. You know, like the amount of times I ended up in, I don't know what you call it in America, but in a, in, well, let's say hospital in the emergency room, mm-hmm. I must, that, that they knew me, they knew me, all of them knew me by my first name because I was in there every week because I, oh I became gosh. a hypochondriac. <clears throat> I then 
I then associated any symptom that I got as in the worst case scenario, be it my heart, whether I had the digestive problem, any symptom, I was like, wow, okay, this is, I then Googled it. And then, you know, classic Google gives you the worst case scenario. Then you start, you, you start thinking you know this, that you've got. Google's supposed to be everybody's friend. Here, Google's making a, a, a mockery of life for you. And it's just like killing it. Uh, yeah. It's insane. But you, you, you got, you got to a point though, you said earlier, you got to a point where you started realizing, hey, something's got to shift. Mm. I got to do something different here. I mean, what was that journey like? I mean, you, you, <laughs> after the slide, let's start looking at the, the loop that came down, start getting out of that hole. Yeah. <laughs> so it basically, I remember I, I remember I was with my two sisters and we were sharing a drink because I used to drink quite a lot. And I remember going to bed that night and it, I, I thought I'd be okay. And then the next morning I remember waking up feeling lower than I'd ever felt like ever. I just remember thinking, I don't want to get out of bed. Like I, uh, I, I had no desire and no motivation. It was just like, it, it was just a real, I could, it was just a decisive kind of low point where mm. I was like, wow. Mm. And that's when I kind of woke up and I was like, can I swear? No, can I? absolutely. Oh, okay. Okay. I was just like, shit, like. <laughs> that ain't swearing. That's just normal no, language out here in America. Dude, <laughs> yeah. just fuck it, do it. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I just was like, I if I don't change, like, I basically came across the quote, that what's the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over yeah. again and expecting different results. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I remember reading that, or someone sent it to me, and I was like, wow, like, if, if I don't change my daily inputs or my routine and, and kind of what I've been doing for the last years, and obviously I'm going to keep seeing the same old suffering and pain output. So that's when, it, like, the reality hit, and that I was like, wow, I'm going to have to really shake the tree here and, and change yeah. things up. Mm -hmm. And then what did you start doing? I mean, how did you, I mean, obviously you can't just, it's not a 180. Some people can, I don't know. Maybe you did. Not everybody can do a 180 hit and just all of a sudden take off in a direction. What steps did you have to take? Because, and, and mind you, in, in relationship to some of our listeners who are entrepreneurs or business professionals that deal with anxiety, and maybe not, not, maybe not how you had to deal with the, the health issues, but they deal with anxiety too. What are the steps that you had to take to be able to march yourself back from that low point where you were just like, nah, screw this. I can't do this. Yeah. So fundamentally, it took a lot of sacrifice. So I had to give up a lot and I had to say no a lot. I think those are kind of like the two fundamental things where I had to kind of, for instance, for example, I gave up drinking and that meant basically I gave up a lot of my social life in many ways and had to concentrate kind of on myself. I basically had to, I had to go from being an extrovert to an introvert, which was, which was, the the the, the weirdest change because i used to thrive off external stimulus and then i started having to realize that i had to become a bit more comfortable in my own company and start doing kind of you know the inner work and kind of the self-love work which i hadn't been doing and that that took a long time for me to really get my head around because when your cultural surrounding is forcing you to try and comply to the way that it operates in terms of you go to the pub, you see friends, you drink, you smoke, you, you know, you do all the things that normal people do. But when you're in a state of anxiety or some form of pain, it's really hard to be mm -hmm. present within those normal settings. So I basically had to, I had to do away with that. And I had to go out on this discovery mission to figure out what was out there to help myself. And I came across all sorts of weird and wonderful things. You know, I kind of, 
a lot of people go down the conventional route of taking drugs or medicines and i i wanted to do it naturally and and maybe do it a bit um, unconventionally and i'm pleased i did because i've discovered some amazing things and they've really helped what are some of those tools that have helped that are that you call the unconventional because even for me like i've had that life where i was i was i'm a closet introvert so i'll be the life of the party and i can have fun like everybody else and i used to drink a shit ton as well i don't drink as much not like half not even a quarter as much as i used to because i was a i was a musician for 15 years we all know that scene everybody's up for a good party and then you know you play music have fun and go home and hopefully wake up the next day <laughs> but but you, but you get to a point in life where you start like you did you you have to realize okay this is not working it's not doing anything for my future life it's not setting me up for any kind of success i mean literally yeah. i no longer play professionally i can still play but i don't do it professionally i i do this instead you know and i've discovered a few tools and a couple of things as well that are not conventional considering especially when dealing with anxiety and stuff so what have you found that has worked for you that have been those so i think the most compelling one initially was and this might surprise a few people but breath work like conscious breathing oh yes <laughs> yes that's good stuff dude in fact it's I think amazing you, you it's 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 in your profile you talk about breathing and i can't remember where i saw it what method do you, are you do, do you well, use? Well, I ca I came across a crazy, a crazy. He's called the Iceman, Wim Hof. Yes, uh, I do that. Yeah, twenty yeah. breaths in the morning. Oh, it's all good. Exactly. It's awesome yeah. stuff. It's brilliant. Yes, absolutely. It's, brilliant. it's it's amazing. And like I was, a, there might be people listening to this who think, "What breathing? We do that anyway." Like, what the fuck are these <laughs> nope. guys on about? No, you don't. Like, no, you don't. Not yeah. like this. <laughs> exactly no you're right and i was i was that guy i, I remember i was the, i was the most cynical person and i remember my brother said to me tom go and check out this guy called wim Hof. he's coming to london go to his experience i think you'll like it i was like harry <laughs> shut up like shut up this is bo this is bollocks mate like you, you can't change your attitude and your psyche through your breath like you, what, what what planet are you on like oh my gosh <laughs> Anyway, he for, he kind of forced me to go and I got these tickets and I went and oh my God, it was unbelievable. Like that is when like the penny dropped when I was like, uh -huh. wow, like there is, there is some really powerful things out here that at the time it was pretty unheard of. I know he's got, he's pretty, well, he's pretty well renowned now, but I went to the experience and we all did, there was 800 of us in this big theater. And we were all just breathing for like an hour. Like, <sighs> I sure hope they you were know, circulating the air in there because that's a lot of carbon dioxide I for eight hundred people. I know. But the I bet that I bet that consciousness in that room had to have been insane. It was crazy. It was oh, crazy. Um, I, the energy, mate, was unbelievable. Yeah, I've never yeah, been yeah. in an environment like it. Like people were having these, like. You know, I don't want to say psychedelic experiences, but I think uh, like you have energies and, and things that you suppress, I think, throughout your life. Mm -hmm. if you, and I think like a lot of inner stuff just gets released yep. and it's like it's just the most amazing, like cleansing method. And I remember just walking away from that. We did a, an ice bath. He's big into his ice baths as well. Oh, yeah. I, I, and I just remember coming away from that thinking, wow, like this is some really powerful stuff.
so I ended up doing the, I ended up basically started doing the Wim Hof method every day and I just started seeing some amazing benefits on the back of that. What were some of those, what were some of those bennies? What were, just so, so people understand because, because when you, when you talk about how, you know, like you said, everybody, oh, we breathe. Yeah. You don't breathe. You sit and you think <laughs> yeah. you breathe. You take a couple of short breaths and just to keep yourself alive is what you really do. Especially if you like me as an entrepreneur, I've always been one of those guys. I'm here at a computer. Well, we're hunched over. We don't have all the room in our lungs that we should be having. We, we're not up breathing. Exactly. You know, we're not, we're not putting in the full amount and we're not allowing the oxygen to really reach all the cells in our body. You know, and, that, and that's, I think a lot of people misunderstand that there's a difference between breathing and just taking a breath, which, exactly. is, which is what most people are doing. They're just taking a breath, staying alive. What we've learned from Wim Hof, who, guys, a, the guy's a trip. I mean, <laughs> lived on an iceberg for a week? Come on. Who does that? But the, the amount of, and I, and I used to be in massage therapy back in Hawaii too, was one of the things that I had my hands in. You learn a lot about when it comes to breathing and moving energies and things of that nature. So what are some of the realizations you had as you were going through that and, and doing these breathing exercises? Well, it's, yeah, it's funny. Cause I went from, so to, to give, to set that, to set that context. So before that I was very emotionally volatile. I was very anxious. I'd get all the chest tightness, the classic kind of fight and flight response symptoms that you associate with stress. You know, I'd get the shallow breathing, the kind of, uh, the, irrit the irritable, the lack of focus, mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. you know, all these classic stress responses, you know, the, the bad digestion, everything. It was just manifesting because I was a chronic overbreather. You know, you were talking about it there when, when we're stressed, we hyperventilate, we, we overbreathe and then that can instigate the, the sympathetic response. And then, mm -hmm. then you get into fight and, you know, a chronic state mm -hmm. of fight and fright. Mm -hmm. And then that's trouble. That's real trouble. It is trouble. And, um, yep. and you need to get yourself out of that. So basically when I started in the Wim Hof, I started, uh, after that, I do three rounds every morning. It took about 15 minutes. And then throughout the day, I find myself a lot more like more calm and relaxed. So whereas I would react to certain situations in quite an extreme way, I felt I was a lot more composed and my like resilience, my emotional resilience started to increase where I was just a lot more, I just, I guess I wasn't so reactive and I guess I was just a lot more present and it was really weird. I was actually quite surprised by the effects. I was like, wow, like, I kind of started questioning myself, like, how, wait, hang on, how do I, how do I feel like this? Like, I was so used to feeling so anxious, yep. and yep. I started just questioning this new normal, and it was just, it was such a weird place to be. It, it is, but isn't it amazing, <clears throat> isn't it amazing what a calm space is like mm. when you're looking at a life that's consistently stress-filled, because the rest of the world is stressed. I mean, <laughs> like even right now, it's really stressed, but there's a bunch of us that are out here like, yeah, okay. I, I constantly get that from, from some of my friends. How can you not be wigged out with everything that's going on right now? It's like, what, why am I supposed Breathe. to be wigged out over it? If, if I'm going to wig out with, with all of you, what have I done to help the situation? So I'd rather exactly. just, like you said, I'd rather just breathe, trust the process and keep doing my little part. It'll all work out in the end. This And that took me like 10 years, you know, right after I stopped playing music because it, it wasn't a pleasant end for me. And you want to talk about fight or flight, buddy. I had, I had a new baby. I had a struggling marriage, like, like really struggling. I had no home life back in, in Hawaii. 
It was just, it was backwards. But I look at it today and I'm like, yeah, there was no reason to stress out over all of that. I should have just, I should have just breathed, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think finding, this is cool. When I find people that, that come across the same stuff that I do and they're using it, I'm like, yes. As you went through that, because obviously this is something that you're continuously doing now, but what other things have you found and what other things are you using? And cause it's like being a guy, you know, mental health with men, especially with everything that's been going on and all of the, the movements and all the other things that are going on in this world, being a guy in this world has become extra stressful, like more than normal. So how, how, what other things, what other things have you found that have been effective? Wow. Aside from the breathwork, I mean, there's, what else have I found? I mean, I mean, we could delve into nutrition because I ended up, for, for me anyway, through my kind of context, my anxiety led to me having all sorts of gut problems and digestive problems. So I had to really then really hone in on what I was putting in my mouth. And that took yep. me down vegetarian, yep. that took yep. me down pescatarian, that carnivore, you know, that took me down so many different rabbit holes with different diets. <laughs> and that that was that was interesting that was really interesting because obviously you know we are, we are what we eat it's that old cliche isn't it and i think it's important it's really important but what did you find you had so to that, settle on finally i mean is, is it is it just a, a combination of things it, it's, no nobody's the same obviously so everybody's gonna no i know We're, everyone's so individual but i think <clears throat> i th i'm now settled on it's kind of a what is it it's kind of an in inverted commas kind of known as a pro-metabolic diet which is like advocated by a guy called ray pete but um it's basically centered around what's it centered around like fruits meat and dairy essentially um which, which kind of sounds like what i do now although i'm not doing it consciously <laughs> it just sounds like what i eat <laughs> yeah well i think what was interesting in that journey was because I know it's a real rabbit hole that you could spend, you know, a whole session on. But I think what was interesting is I didn't realize how problematic vegetables can be and certain foods that was, that are kind of portrayed as kind of healthy foods are actually, can actually cause a lot of problems. So I think if you're stressed and you have gut issues, I think there's definitely foods that I've discovered that I never knew were even in that realm that can add more problems and more inflammation to that. And obviously just make things worse so i think that was what was interesting with all of that um i i, I find that a lot of because I, I follow a couple of different doctors that deal with gut health and the gut brain connection and all of that yeah and there's even one guy that says that that's basically your gut is your second brain i mean it's yeah. really going to tell you what's going on the the best thing that i think people miss or one of the one of the biggest things i think people miss is the mere fact that people don't understand that digestion is not an in, although it happens inside our body, it's not an internal process. Where's the inside here? It's not, but yet that's our digestive system. That's our intestines. Mm -hmm. That's our stomach. Everything happens in here. And yet it's not really in our body. The nutrients get pulled into our body via that. Exactly. So it's still an external process. Little things like that may not seem like it's a big deal, but when you start realizing what it is that you're actually putting in and what your body's going to try to pull out of it, yeah, and then understanding what those nutrients may be, like nobody thinks that tomatoes are, are, are bad for you, and they're not, but a lot of it could cause some issues. Yeah. Well, this is the point. So I think the key point here that I learned myself was 
if you are seeing it and i like your point about the gut brain connection because i think i definitely correlate whenever my anxiety was at its worst my gut problems were at their worst there was oh, sure. a close correlation and i definitely Absolutely. talk to a lot of there's a lot of people that i talk to that are anxious tend to have funnily mm. enough they tend to have gut problems and <clears> i think the thing that I learned was I ended up doing an elimination diet. So I basically did the carnivore diet, which mm. I know a lot of people see is quite extreme. But I think when you do a, an elimination diet, a like carnivore diet, and let's say you cleanse everything, and then, and then what you're able to figure out is once you start in, reintroducing food, you can then figure out what triggers you and what doesn't. And I, yeah. Think, yeah. I, think that's a, I think it's a really effective tool that people can use because let's assume that you're struggling and you might be eating lots of broccoli or you might be eating something that you think is innocent, but actually could be causing a lot of problems. And I think when you, when you do a diet like a carnival diet, I think it can be really useful because it just helps highlight what foods could actually be causing you a lot of gut inflammation and therefore could be impacting your mental health, right? Yeah, and it's not a, it's not a, su a suggestion to live on a certain diet, but that's definitely one no. where you can at least figure out what's going on yes. and figure out your body type and what it can actually process well to keep you well. You, you know, you said it, everybody's an, an exactly. individual. <clears throat> no one person's the same. You might, you might be able to digest beef all day and I can't touch it. You know, that's not the truth. I love beef. That's a different story. But, but you get the point. The idea yeah. of, of being the individuals that we are and understanding ourselves by doing these things like the elimination diet, which is, I've, I've done that. And there are certain foods I won't touch. There's, and, and by the way, guys, if the taste doesn't agree with you, it's kind of a telltale sign. It's not something that exactly. you really want in your body, you know? Exactly. Intuition. Yeah. Yeah. Intuition is powerful, isn't it? But I think intuition is a bit of a woo-woo. And I've had to teach myself this. I've had to pick What's up What's funny is it's not, though. It's your body. It's telling yeah. you. I think people have put it into woo-woo because it's like, well, that was coincidental. No, it's not. It's your body telling you <laughs> what the hell's going on. We're a lot more. I think people forget that we are very, very powerful. Now, this yeah. is going to sound woo-woo. People are very, very powerful. Does it not make sense that we were designed this way so that we could tell what was good for us and what wasn't? In other words, it's, it's the old, don't touch the hot plate, dear. It's hot. What do we do <laughs> like kids? Yeah. Same story with anything that we eat, anything that we put, any situations we put ourselves in. Not everybody's cut out to be in business. Not everybody's cut out to be a farmer. Not everybody's cut out to be a diver, et cetera, et cetera. We, are, we, <laughs> we know without knowing, which is funny. A lot of people don't understand that. You've obviously gotten a nice little journey down that run to know what's good and what's not. Dealing with that, uh, by the way, guys, we've got to take a short pause. Holy cow, this is rolling fast. I'm not even halfway what I wanted to ask you. We're going to take a short pause for about 30 seconds, and we, we'll, we'll be right back. I'll just, you know, pause for the cause. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how Tom's going along, what's keeping him motivated, what's keeping And we're back here at Java Chat with Tom Simmons talking about what motivates and what gets you moving in the morning? So like, it's a, you know, for some people, it's a simple question. Well, I wake up because I got to go to work. We think a little differently. Every human does, obviously. What are the things that get you inspired? I'll, I'll go one step further. What are the things that inspire you? Why, why is it that you're doing what you're doing? God, that's a, that's a great question. I, I guess a lot of it's for for selfish reasons in terms of like trying to just keep my trying to live so that my health is in check. I think you know because of what I've been through health wise, a lot mm -hmm. of the choices and decisions and things that I do have centered around keeping me on a even keel so that I don't fall back into some of the problems that I did. And that sure. really centers around for me. That centers around um, 
having a really strong routine. So I have a kind of a morning route. You could say a morning ritual that I yeah. do religiously every morning. And I feel like that really sets me up for having a productive day. And then I'll have an evening routine. Cause I feel like I love the, the quote I heard, if you win the morning, you win the day. But I actually think winning the next day starts with winning the evening before, if that makes sense. Agreed. Yeah. Um, no, I agreed. So I'll tend to spend about half an hour, 40 minutes at about half nine, 10 in the evening, just going through my outlook. Well, I'll just have a very, I'll have a very a process that I, that I tap into just to make sure that I can go to bed knowing my day can work for me rather than getting mm. up and thinking, right, well, you know what I mean? It's, yep. So, yep. We got a, I got a lot of friends that are in the entrepreneurial realm, startup realm. And that's one of the things that they've always done. One friend of mine who's an angel investor the night before he'll go through all of his notes, not just from the day, but from the day previous to see if there's anything else that needs to be added on to tomorrow. And yeah. that philosophy is exactly what he serves. It's, it's yeah. if I don't know what's ha happening at six in the morning when I wake up <clears throat> and I have to go figure it out, I won't figure it out till eight. And by then exactly. the stock market's already been running for about three hours. I'm too late. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. That's, that's probably one of the best. Please continue. Yeah. Well, where can I go? Where can we go with that? Well, we can go so, into mindset. We can go into heart set. We can go into any place yeah, you want. Yeah, so the mindset. Yeah, so the mindset. Right. So I adhere to, I kind of, I kind of invented this protocol loosely called the COPID method. So what I'll try and do, if I, if I, if I start any new endeavor or attempt or want to integrate something new into my routine, it will have to go through the COPID method. And what that, what that stands for is it's an acronym for C is for consistent, O is for open mind, P is for persistence, I is for inquisitive, and D is for discipline. So in my, in, in my view, those are kind of five key fundamental kind of characteristics that underpin trying to do any new thing, essentially. What was the I for? Inquisitive. I, it's a, I prefer curious, but I needed a vowel to make the acronym. So I thought I'd use inquisitive rather than curious. <laughs> it works. No, it works just fine. Coping's cool. I like that. The, the, there's this, I was taught by my mentors that when you approach a subject that you're not really knowledgeable about, you come with this thing called no mind. Okay. No mind is basically, I come with no knowledge. I know nothing. I'm here to learn. Teach me everything you can. Yeah. Even if I think I'm the expert in the field. I come with no mind because I guarantee you, you know something I don't. Your life experience has taught you something that my life experience has not. So why am I going to come in and try to tell you what you know and what you don't know? Mm. I'm there to learn. Cope, it works. I mean, coming with an inquisitive mind, it's like, well, how does that work? Or why does that work? How, what is it that you've learned? It's the same thing that we're doing here. What is it that motivates and inspires you? What is it that you use as a tool to be able to get through something, you know, any situation or something new. And what, what, what motivates your mind to go, that's cool. I want to know more. Mm. So it works, dude. I totally, I totally get it. That, that totally works. When, mm. when, who are some of the mentors that you look up to that? So people that, whether, whether they're actually interacting with you or people that you, you look up to yeah, as far as that. That's a great one. So Tim Ferriss was a big one in my early days he's great i swear tim's everybody's mentor at some point in their life <laughs> yeah he's great he, he is, is he is brilliant he, i've read some of his books the four hour work week and 
the what is it the, the Titan Tools Tools for Titans is Tools a good for one. Titans definitely a good book. Yep. Yeah, he's great. I mean, Joe Rogan, not him himself, but the people that he gets on his podcast, like the breadth and of expertise that he gets on there, I think is amazing. Like, there's some incredible content that he's putting out at the moment. His his long form podcast. He had Jordan Peterson on. Boy, oh, you Jordan's want, amazing. If you want to talk about a hell of a podcast, I mean, Jordan <laughs> literally psychoanalyzes Joe while he's sitting there, and I'm looking at it going, I wonder if Joe knows what's going on right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, here's the bottom line. This is exactly what I think is going on with you. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I actually hope I can get Jordan on this podcast one day. I think it would be awesome. I don't have a oh. two-hour long show, but the man is brilliant. Mm. Have you read his book, 12 Rules for Life? I've got it to read. I've watched a lot. I've studied it uh, apart from his book. Like I watch a lot of his content, and he's incredible. He's inspiring. He's just He's very practical. I mean, if you think about uh, as as much as an, of an intellectual, academic, intellectual as he is, he's very practical with that intelli- with that intelligence. Yeah, he doesn't talk over anybody's heads. He no, literally he wears it well. Yeah, he just he literally lays it out for you so that it's like, look, here's what you're looking at. Here's what you're dealing with. You're called on how you want to do it. Yeah, and I think I think that's why he's probably one of the more noted. Uh, people to follow who else yeah yeah jordan peterson's brilliant i would have mentioned him who else paul check i love paul check i don't know whether you've ever come across paul check i'll have to look that one up i haven't heard that one he's brilliant um he's absolutely brilliant and then stuff like carl kinsbury his podcast he's good and it it really depends though because i I kind of tap into different people for if i want to, to kind of for exercise and movement it will be a certain group of it's kind of spiritual and motivation it's you know you kind of tap into different people of, sure sure that's one of the things uh, though is that you can't you can't it's you always want to have a variety of mentors and that's something that even in in entrepreneurship and startups we always tell everybody don't just stick to one person you know most successful people on the planet have more than one coach you know exactly. for different for different reasons and for different things it, even for myself you know it's like what am i working on this yeah. week or today or this month and i go and i look to follow those who are who are in that space yeah. and then of course we have the ones that we normally look up to dave asprey who's the who's the body hacking deal the, the health hacker yeah he's uh, great yeah guys <laughs> dude's amazing i i watched him when he first got started and his whole journey from being the unhealthy to creating bulletproof um yeah. hell of a story he's another guy i want to get on this podcast because he's he's another he's just hard to get a hold of <laughs> So, well, I've got to mention, I've got to mention Naval Ravikant. Have you come across Naval Ravikant? I haven't. So, do me a favor and send me the the spelling of that name because that'll be the, yeah. all this kind of stuff we put down in the comments so that our our yeah, listeners cool. and our followers can can go and check them out too. What what are, what are they about? He's amazing. He was co-founder of Angel List, or I think he founded Angel List. And um, oh, okay, he's incredible. His Joe Rogan is unbelievable. He's just a very he's a very knowledgeable intellect on all sorts of kind of topics but just like how to be just a good person like within life within business like he just has some amazing sentiment that he offers and all sorts of he's just very humble and modest and i really resonate with that because mm. of the stature that he carries mm. i just love that so i just i think he's worth mentioning so you had all of those guys to follow people yeah I know, i'm sure there's more you've got you've definitely got to drive 
to get up and do something. Yeah, it may sound self-serving, but obviously it's serving others because you're bringing experience to the table that other people don't have. And you're sharing that even in the midst of all of that, you can still go. You can still do. You haven't been limited. There's the old uh, story, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but two accidents in his life. The first one was a, a motorcycle accident, was burned over most of his body. In the hospital, he said, yeah, I used to be able to do you know, 100,000 things, now I can do 90 or something like that. And then he got into an airplane crash or something. It might, I might have it backwards, but he got into two different accidents. And each time he said, I can only do 10,000 things less, but I still can do all of these. And I think when you have stories like yours that are, hey, I've been there. I've done that. You have all of this from before. Obviously, you had to change your social life as well. Yeah. Now, hopefully, you haven't lost complete con contact with, with your social life. But because all of a sudden, I'm, I'm sure you've now got a new social group mm. of people that are crowded around you. And are probably kin, if if you if you understand the term kin, yeah, um, yeah, that you vibe with. I mean, is that a fair statement? Yeah, that's very fair. I think what I what I found refreshing is I was so motivated by quantity over quality, and now I'm very now it's flipped on its head. Where I much rather have a small tribe that I love unconditionally and just want to invest quality time in with and it's just the whole thing's changed where i just really i get i'm more motivated about more meaningful relationship right and doing meaningful things and meaningfully connecting rather than it being about how many more facebook friends can i get or instagram followers can i get you know i think <laughs> it, <laughs> but that's what it was like you know that's what it was like and it's taken it's taken me the journey that I've been on to realize actually, Tom, it's about having four or five people that you know that would take a bullet for you and that you can lean on. And I didn't have that before. I saw what I did, but it was superficial. And now, I, and now I'm pleased that I, I have that. I feel really grateful that I have that. Interesting how nervous it makes us a person, a human, to realize that yeah, I probably would take a bullet for this person because mm. I'm that and and to realize the commitment in our own minds to that i mean think about it if you're in a if you're in a small group of people that you'd go to battle with you know i've had friends like that i have a couple right now like that if they called and they needed somebody to to go back to back with them i'd be there yeah and and there's only like two or three yeah and then and then there's the next circle of people that if they need if they need to talk they need advice they need a moment I got those guys. And then after that, it's yeah. kind of like, eh, fall where you may. But it's the, the, the relationships are much more interesting, aren't they? Massively. Massively. I mean, the, think about somebody that, you know, everybody talks about, hey, vibe with me. Yeah, okay, cool. Music, vibe, right on. But, but I think a true vibe, and I, I think you'll agree with this, I think a true vibe is when you can sit down and look at somebody and not even have to say what it is that's, that's being thought. You just start doing and the ability to just look at that person and go, I already knew what you were thinking. And I already knew where you were headed. Let's go do it. It's a rare relationship, isn't it? Yeah. Do you have those? Yeah. So do I. I think, yeah. I think those are, you know, sometimes mentors can be that too. It's interesting. 
because I've, I've actually mentored a couple of people and they picked up on certain things just by looking at me. And I was like, you're that tuned in. They're like, yeah, I don't know why. I'm like, probably because you really want to get there. <laughs> That's just fine. <laughs> You've progressed that far in, in relationship building. What are some of the things that you look for when you create those? What are some of the things that bring that vibe that you, that you know you feel? Yeah, for me, it's someone that I think aligns with kind of my key values in the sense of that are have an open mind and want and make me a better person. I think fundamentally, I want to surround myself with people that make me better and they challenge me, and they're and they're prepared to say, and they're prepared to say no. I think I think before I wanted to surround my people surround myself with yes people, and that's that's not going to do you like any favors, <laughs> right? And I really really vibe off people who are on a are on a self-growth journey who are challenging themselves, they're challenging their lives, they're, you know, they're, they're ambitious, they're motivated, and they're, you know, they're, they're trying to make the most of what they've got. I really, really, really thrive off that. And I've got a couple of mates now that kind of speak the same language, and I love that. I really love that. That's awesome. It's hard to find. Yeah, it is. And it's interesting. You never find them where you think you will. No, exactly. You're right. Exactly. I, exactly. I mean, and the amount of times, the amount of times when I've met someone and that the ego in you judges them because it's like, this person doesn't look like someone that I like. And then half an hour, 40 minutes later, you're like, fuck, like, <laughs> like I've surprised myself so many times, so many times. And I, and I, afterwards I'm like, Tom, why do you continue to, why is that judgment come through, like continue to come through from when you know that you've been surprised. And I've got some great friends now who I thought if I'd seen them in the street, I would have thought, nah, you know, it's... we we've all listen. We've all done it. I, I, I know. believe it or not. Here here comes that here comes that insight to later in life. You're still going to have it at 48, 49. It's going to happen. <laughs> Natural tendency of of preservation, self survival. Natural tendency. However, we also have, and you you you're a lot further along than most. We also have this other side of us that goes, "Hey, shut up for a second, and take an honest look at what's going on." Why are you feeling that about them? What is wrong with you that is causing you to think that about that person? Do you really yeah. know them? No. Then how about you shut up and take about five minutes to really get to know them? If they are a douchebag, you'll know in about five minutes. Yeah. But if they're solid people, you're going to be like, oh, I didn't. Okay. No, I get that. That makes sense. Holy shit. I can vibe with this person. Mm. Now, I've got a couple of friends that are kind of abrasive. But that's because they keep a shield on them, and I get why they're abrasive. I keep telling them to slow it down, but it doesn't really. Anyway, but their insides, holy shit, dude. I, I can sit and have conversations like this all day, and it, it just won't stop. That's the best feeling in the world when you got a buddy like that. It is. It is and I think the one word that separates that is vulnerability. Yeah. I think vulnerability is like the key behind connection. And I think with men, coming back to your point about men earlier, I think as men it's kind of we shouldn't be vulnerable we find it hard to be vulnerable don't we like society tells us that vulnerability is a weakness and that's a, that's that's something that i think has been wrongfully pushed on men yeah because a true leader is vulnerable even a king had to admit as strong as he had to be for his people he even had to admit to his own knights and his own generals there are certain times where he was worried and he was exactly. depending on them to come in and stand in there was everybody my biggest thing about and and I'm, I know you're out there talking about this. So if you want, let's let's run this for a second. Yeah, we can. We can. Men's, yeah. 
men's men's health isn't about being this macho vision it's about being real and understanding that you may not be able to handle it all on your own you might need some help and that's okay those three words took me that's another part of the 10-year journey i had to do the end that's okay because for yeah. a long time it wasn't for a man to be vulnerable for a man to be open for a man to be able to discuss the sensitive subjects it was not okay and then to find out that some of those subjects didn't exactly have great endings and it's still okay your thoughts on that <laughs> well, no i i completely agree I completely agree and it is everything is is okay and yeah I don't think I can add to that because I would have said the same as you I feel like that's <laughs> that's that's exactly how I'd put it I think it's just unfortunately that the world that we live in where you know the sensitive qualities and in, in men are somewhat you know frowned upon and, and are suppressed and you know i don't know about in the, U, in the us but in the uk the biggest killer below 45 in men is suicide and that's because you know men suppress our feelings we don't know how to deal with our feelings because it's frowned upon right so what brought that, has that, to change. Brought that on? what brought that on that, that see that's the part that i don't get is I, and i'm I, i'm not talking about movements or narratives or anything i'm just like this has actually been around long before the narratives and long before all of the movements came about. Men have, have been like this. I mean, exactly. look back, look, be, look back be, between World War One after World War Two. Yeah, guys coming home from war and they were a mess. Yeah, and, and they were told to shut up, man up, not get help. The ones that were really, you know, at the time shell shocked. Now what we call PTSD. They didn't know what to do. And the VA certainly wasn't helping over here in our country. So I don't know what it was like up there. But when we're looking at men's health, what, from your perspective, what needs to happen? Yeah, well, it has to, education from the start has to change. You know, everything has to start. Uh, I agree with the education. Go for it. That, 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 yeah, that's definitely got to be one massive but also there has to be a cultural shift where we start encouraging boys or from a young age to to to, to encourage to, to to make it okay to talk about your feelings and you know i think it has to start from a young age and i think the generations above us probably have a role to play in that because you know they are so used to um not talking about their feelings and being mm -hmm being uh, pretty emotionally kind of shut off right so i think until those generations start well until that until we go through that and the younger ones from from my generation and below start coming through and that seems to be a normal thing then i think it's good i think it's going to take a lot of time i think until until we see systemic change i, I think it's going to take a lot of time so i'm gonna i'm gonna dig a little deeper and then we'll take a break I agree that there needs to be some of a systemic change, if you will. Yeah. But I think it goes even deeper. And, and this is only because I know of some friends who are older than me that were fathers that talked to, the, to their sons early on, that when they were experiencing a hardship, even if they were teenagers, when most teens are taught to be macho and tough and all of that stuff, that they would still talk to their sons and going, something's wrong. What's wrong? 
And if their sons began to tear, they'd look at them and go, keep going. And their sons would trip. They'd be just like, what do you mean keep going? It says, you're about to let loose some real hard emotions. Keep going. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel bad. It's okay to feel good. It's okay to feel. Interestingly enough, and I, th I think you, you might have probably seen this, when, when you look at a young toddler, boys and girls, the boys have a tendency to be more emotional than the girls. Yeah. And it switches somewhere where the girls then become more emotional than the guys. But men are still more emotional because if you look at what happens to them after relationships when they break, the girls go through it immediately and the men take freaking years to get over exactly. it. I don't think it's I, I I don't think it's just a systemic thing that needs to change. I honestly believe it's an internal system that needs to change. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think that internal system is dependent on your point about the parenting aspect like if you have parents that encourage you to speak openly and and kind of create that environment and that atmosphere that you're able to to be sensitive and to have those kind of to have those feelings and i think that's where it really needs to i think that's where the shift needs to take place and, i think um, a part of that has the, to to deal with the fact that time and place are not clearly established Yes. And that, and that I honestly believe is a home culture thing. If like, like we were saying earlier, when, when a parent says you're in a safe, you're in a safe place right now, you're home, go ahead. Let loose. Exactly. And or then at, it's the judgment. It's, 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 it's yeah. not, it's the judgment piece, isn't it? The judgment yeah. piece is huge here. Cause if, if, if you then are vulnerable and you talk about your feelings and someone says, Oh, we should have done this. We should do that. And suddenly someone starts telling you, it's like, people just want to be heard right you know you mm -hmm. just want to you just want to offload and then i think i've been in a number of situations where people then start dictating and chiming in and that's not what that's for yeah exactly. that's not what that's for exactly. it's not what that's for yeah I, 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 that and it's a natural tendency especially with guys <clears throat> yeah it's a natural <laughs> tendency to fix things yes but, but and again it goes back to all right are we are we are we unloading or are we looking to correct? Or are we looking to yeah. fix? Which is it? Yeah. If you're going to be vulnerable and you just need to unload, go. If you yeah. want some pro if you want some project problem resolution, go. Part of it, I would say, is is it's a two way responsibility. The person that needs to be vulnerable needs to be clear about why and what they're doing, yeah. and then the lack the, the lack of judgment on the other side needs to come as well. Yeah, I, th I think. I think that opens up a great floor with no walls. Yeah. And then I think things can go someplace. This is just exactly. an opinion of mine. I don't know if they, you identify with that or not, but I, I honestly No, think, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I think an open floor rather than a boxed wall gives a lot more room for somebody to be vulnerable and allow it to leave. Yeah. I think if more of that were available... And, and and guys, we're we're talking to metaphors here. I mean, you, you're in a you're in a room. You obviously got four walls. We're talking about the mental state. If somebody feels that they have a freedom of movement, and they are not going to be harmed in the midst of that freedom of movement, they have a tendency to let things go. 
Yeah. Yeah. I just posted something this morning. That's one of the seven simple rules of life. Let it go. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like number one. And I still have to tell myself that one every day. I do, um, so do I. That's that's a big one for me at the moment because that's like one I struggle with. Why do you think that is? <laughs> uh, <God>. um, <laughs> I mean, to throw you that one for a zinger, but I mean, honestly, why do we do that? Why do we do this to ourselves? It doesn't make sense to me. I know, I know, I know. It's letting go is possibly, I feel like, my biggest hurdle at the moment that i'm trying to jump over is just that if something's kind of like a bee in your brain uh, you know when you get when these when these when life sends you these things that you, that manifest and it's like tom just let it go yeah, yeah. and that's just finding it hard not not for it to fester and to and to intensify it but i know <laughs> i should be like it's it's that classic don't try and control what you can't control like obviously covid and everything i found it hard not to get rolled with that but then part of me is like tom these are things completely outside of your control just let it go so it's getting there but i've got, I've got a long <laughs> way to go. i i find the same i find the same issues and and i smaller things even in my in my little world there are certain things i can control and certain things i can't and and i find frustration comes up fairly often when i realize i can't and then, and then having to turn around and going, and that's okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because it's like, it, it has to be because yeah. it's not for me to say otherwise. Yeah. There's a, what was the old thing? I'll trust the process. Cliche. Yeah. There's no destination. What is there's, there's, no, no destination. There's, there's no destination. Trust the process. Yeah. I um, love that. I love it. it anyway. Another another rabbit hole we could run down for another hour, but we've got to take another yeah. second break. <laughs> You're going to have to come back, dude. We're going to have to do this again. <laughs> um, we'll take another 30 seconds, guys. We'll be right back, and then um, we're going we're gonna to start talking a little bit more about what, what Tom's up to today, what he's doing, where he's advocating, where he's talking. He's got a podcast, too, you guys, so he's another guy you can go listen to. So hang on. We'll be as much as I hate to say it, this is the last section that we're going to be sitting here with Tom Simmons. We've been, we've just, I don't know if you guys have been listening to the first two sections, we've kind of been vibing and I've been loving it, dude. So like, really thank you for coming and sharing your insights, your story and everything. So what are you doing now? I mean, how are you, how are you bringing this experience out to the rest of the world and, and getting some people aware of what's going on? Like for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I, very active on my Instagram account. So basically what I'm doing is I've realized that through my own experiences, my own learnings, when I was in a dark place and going through what I was going, mm. I thought that back then I would have loved it if another guy was just being vulnerable and candid like I am now. So I thought, well, why don't I just make an Instagram account and do exactly that? So, so that's what I'm doing. I'm now basically publicizing my journey, the, the weird and wonderful tools and methods that I do, the way that I feel sometimes I'll have good days, bad days, and I'll just say it and I'll just talk to it on this, um, on my Instagram and my Facebook. So that's what I'm doing and I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm kind of surprised no one's asked you to get on stage to share this yet. Have you considered doing that? I, I, no, I haven't yet actually I haven't I've had I've had a kind of a loose request but yeah stuff like what you're doing is is it's inspirational to other people 
obviously, you know, by the way, guys, you know that the links will be down below for to to follow Tom. We'll we'll have his his social and do you have a website too? You do. Yeah, website. Oh. I like I like the dot com fellas with feelings. This is cool. And and on that website you're sharing tips, tricks, insights, or are you you sharing yeah, more of the yeah, yeah. okay. And 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 obviously the the like the Wim Hof method and things of that. You is it a, is it a blog or is it just a site or what what is it? Yeah, it's a well, it's a, the blog is on Instagram and then the website is just like I'm getting it updated actually, but the website's going to become a lot more resource rich with all that good stuff. Awesome. Awesome, good stuff, good stuff. And then you just most of it has to deal with dealing with anxiety, dealing with depression, men's health, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Go back to the the speaking. You may want to consider something about that because your kind of story is the kind of story that would get people to to shut up and listen. I don't know why it takes a trauma such as, as heavy as that to get people to listen because honestly. <laughs> Half of this stuff should be common sense, but it isn't. But that might be a great platform for you to start thinking about jumping on. And I got a couple of people I can introduce you to for that. Definitely. You also have a podcast, correct? I don't actually. I want one. You want, I do one? want one? Okay. Yeah. It's called anchor.fm. Start today. It's free. Anchor.fm. Yes. I've come across Anchor. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually where we host our podcast uh, recordings. Well, and what microphone, what tools do I need then? Uh, you got it. It's in your ear because you can literally record what? it on your yeah, phone. AirPods. Yeah. You can record your podcast on your phone. Anchor wow. has an app, both web-based and phone-based. What I do here is I'm recording on Zoom, and then we just take this, edit it a little bit, put it up to YouTube, separate the audio, and put it onto Anchor, and you can just upload it there. And, and dude, if you want help, I'm happy to show you. It's not hard. It's, it's actually a lot easier than, than it used to be great place to begin man because your your journey is definitely valid it needs to be heard finding guests is not hard too you know how i found <laughs> yeah. you you know how i found you so it won't be hard for you to find others <laughs> yeah. um can we have you back i mean I, I still think there's more for us to talk about yeah there is uh there especially is. when it comes to, to being vulnerable and, and getting because again we have a, i think vulnerability is a i think we could do a whole whole podcast on that i I, I agree i agree and and i'd I'd like to go explore that because i think a lot of a lot of our listeners you know both business and non-business because we have some casual listeners too i I think they need to understand what that means i I think there there's a slightly negative connotation around being vulnerable that people worry about and it's 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 all bunk the vulnerability thing needs to happen and and I agree with you. There needs to be a, a. I think there needs to be a cultural shift, not just a systemic one. Yeah. I really agree with that. Cool. Well, and but, I think yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. I yeah. agree with all that. Yeah, we'll 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 get it we'll get it on the calendar again for sure, guys. If you if you want to know where to find Tom, just look down below in the comments. We have all of his links down there for you. A little bit of a of a of his his bio as well. Go follow the man on Instagram. Go watch his story. Go watch his go watch his journey. I mean. You got to have tons of content in there by now. I mean, when did you start the Instagram account? This last year. This time last year. This time last year. Yeah, there's plenty of yeah. content. there's plenty of content. There's plenty of content. And I'm sure there's a lot more to come too. You're how old are you now? Twenty six. Oh shit! You're young, dude. You're so young, dude. <laughs> <laughs> now, not only am I envious, I'm also jealous at this point. But that's a <laughs> <laughs> but I go follow the man. 
you're, you you won't you won't be disappointed. I mean, if if this podcast hasn't given you probably an inkling of the rest of the content that you're going to be getting following his story, then it's definitely worth it because not to compare your life to his, not to compare your struggles to his, but to be able to look at it and say, look, here's a human that gets it, gets himself, gets under- and understands what it means to be about life. I need to take a few cues from this, no matter what. <sighs> too short, my friend, too short. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, we always sign off the same way, Tom. This is, this is like the, okay. the signature sign off. Y'all know how we, we sign off. We love every single one of you. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and the bell. The bell tells you when the new, the newest episode comes up. If you happen to be listening on one of your favorite podcast platforms, make sure you subscribe or download. Always, it's always a good thing. If you're listening to us on Anchor.fm um, and you want to support our little podcast, feel free to make a donation. We're always happy to, to, to get that support. And we try to support you with killer people like this. People that have experience, people that have information, people that have insights to how you can do better as an entrepreneur, business professional, a human. In this case, a human. But we always say it the same. Stay up, stay safe, stay healthy, and live. For Tom Simmons, I'm Coffee with Mike. Ciao for now. Cheers, Mike. Thanks, guys. For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.